What's up, Ascent Community Church? It's so good to see all of you. Listen, my name is Maurice. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, uh, so glad that you are all here. For those of you who are in person, and also quick shout out to every single person who is online, tuning in, on demand, uh, checking us out online as well. Listen, I am excited about getting a chance to be with you on today. Uh, before I get started, I want to let you in on, uh, there was a couple that came up to me not too long ago, and they were talking, and they were saying, Maurice, we're young adults, we just moved into the area, we're really excited about the church, but we're looking, looking for a community of people who are enjoying life and also getting to know God. And I said, well, you are in luck. And I'm going to share with them the same thing that I shared with, or I'm going to share with you the same thing that I shared with them, that we have some amazing things that's taking place within the young adult community, all the ages ranging between 18 and 30-ish. Um, don't stretch the itch too much, though. Um, <laughs> but we have some amazing things that's taking place. We have an amazing uh, podcast that's coming out we're really excited about. Um, you can always check out our website to see what's going on. This Saturday, Saturday that's coming up, we want to enjoy community together. So we're going to be at Top Golf. So please check us out if that is you. But also tonight is our first kickoff launch of Collective Night. And we get together as young adults and have an amazing time together. And I'm excited about that. So it's starting at 7 p.m. I know it's a double up on a Sunday. But I just want to say kind of how like the young people say these days, it's just a different vibe at Collective Night. You got to check it out. You got to make sure that you're there. Well, listen, I wanted to make sure I said that for all of you who are tuning in or looking to see what, how you can find community here at Ascent. But also, we are in a series entitled Go. And I'm excited to talk about today's message because we have, for the past few weeks, compiled a few passages that we see throughout Scripture where God is rallying a certain group of people around a particular word, go. And as we thought of uh, staff, we start to get together and start to think about what does this mean for us? How do we extract the same principles that was there that God was talking to that community? And what does that mean for us today? Because here's what we know to be true is that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So how do we learn? What do we find out from these go passages? Well, these go passages, we've been leaning into this idea of movement. Because if we're ever going to see formation, spiritual formation, a movement in our lives or our relationship with God, then we want to be a community that's marked by our action. We want to be a community here at Ascent that is marked by our moving, by our going. We don't want to just be a people that are just stuck here together inside these four walls or four or five curtains. We want to be a people that are on the move, that are uh, in the community knows who we are because of the things that we're doing. Not only that, go emphasizes our relationship with God. Some of you have been leaning into that. You've been taking steps towards that. And so we talk about go in this series because we want to pick ourselves up. We want to leave what's behind and move forward to see what God has for us. So I say all that to say, today I'm going to take a slight change in the topic. I'm going to take a slight little turn in today's topic because we've been talking about go. But today I actually want to change it just a little bit and talk about letting go. Because I think if we're going to talk about the message of go, there's going to be an essential key part of that of letting go. Because here's what we know to be true. As we check this out and we see, we know that our go is only as good as our letting go. Our go is only as good as our letting go. Maurice, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Well, when we see in Scripture people going, we also see God emphasizing to let go to release what's happening from the past because there's nothing worse than to bring an old season into a new season, 
to bring an old mindset into a new season, to bring old habits into a new season, because what we will continue to see if we'd never be a people that let go is the same results. Some of you have been there before. You keep dating different people with different names, but you find the same results. Finding people in our lives where we recognize the same friends that betrayed us, and why is it that I keep coming across this type of person? Why is it in my finances that I try to get a little bit ahead, but then I keep finding myself way, way, way deeper and deeper in debt? The Bible puts it this way, that don't put old wine into new wine skins. What is it telling us? What does that even mean? It's telling us what happens when we take an old habit, an old mindset, an old thinking into a new season, it only will delay us. It only distract us. So what has to be let go? Well, that's the question I want to ask you on tonight. What is it that has to be let go from your life? And we find out from a man named Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends, a message around letting go, what this means for us. And throughout this entire message, I want you to be thinking to yourself. Here's the question I want you to be thinking. I want you to be thinking, what am I holding on to that God is probably asking me to release? What am I clinging tightly to that God is probably asking me to let go of? Because we know this for sure, that whatever we are clinging so tightly to, that we will realize that we're not holding it as much as it's holding us. But what is that? What is that thing? What is that relationship? What is that particular thought process? That's what we want to explore today. And today, we find out from a man named Peter. I want to read this story for you. This is a book of Luke. This writer named Luke, he's writing this, and he's an eyewitness to this uh, particular scenario that we see in Scripture. And there's a few things I want to extract from this. So let's take a read. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in on the other boat. And soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh, Lord, Please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as, they were the, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. They left everything and followed Jesus. As we talk about letting go today, 
I don't know if you've, this has been you before, but I don't, have you ever been in the place where you've done something amazing? You, you've done something where you even shocked yourself. I don't know if it was climbing that 14er, getting to the top. That's not my story, but climbing a 14er. I heard you can drive up, and I'm just like, I can just drive there. Um, getting to the top of a 14er, if you have any wisdom, you probably realized I could have saw this on a picture. You know, that's just my thing. But um, getting to the top of 14er, maybe you're a golfer. Maybe you hit a hole-in-one, maybe a long putt. Maybe you're a person who likes to fish. Do you remember that big catch that you got? Maybe you're a person, I like to do spin class. Maybe you're a person, you got in spin class, and you, you start to find out to yourself, man, I am killing it today. Maybe it's spin class, maybe it's CrossFit. I don't know what that is for you. But one of those moments where you even amazed yourself. See, for me, there's... I used to play uh, football, and back in the days, back in the days, and it was a hard thing for me to let go. But it was one of those things for me in football where even after college, it was something that I began to see like, nah, man, I still got it. I still got it. You know, you start to hype yourself up a little bit. I was training with other people. I used to play on the side of people who were going to the NFL, so I used to help train sometimes with people and work out and all these different things. And then this old body started aging, people. It was just something I couldn't hold, couldn't let go of. And so it was one of those things for me that took a long, long time. It was one of those things that I noticed because I thought I still had it. You see, I even keep a pair of cleats in my trunk just in case, just in case. I just went and got these at Walmart one time. These I got at Walmart because uh, Chris Lagdros, our middle school pastor, he does a, a turkey bowl right before the day before Thanksgiving. And he, you know, it's a group of middle schoolers and some dads and some older people that come out and they have a good time playing football. And this particular day that I was playing football, I was stinking up the field, people. I was like, I am just not it. I, I lost a step, maybe two, maybe three. Like, I am just not who I used to be. But I'm the type of person that if you ever challenge me, I'm just, the, the, my mentality is still there. Like, I'm as good once as I ever was. Where's my pastor, uh, Toby Keith, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm not as who I once was, but I'm as good as once as I ever was, right? So I'm, I sit there and I'm like, man, these middle schoolers are getting me today. But then it was one particular play that old Maurice came out. I mean, I jumped, and in my mind, I jumped like six feet, right? I'm probably like two feet off the ground. Uh, and I jumped and I grabbed the ball, interception, ran it back for a touchdown, the whole nine. And it's those moments for us that for me at least, that little glimmer of who I used to be. And, and I'm riding back in the car and, and, and I'm sitting thinking to myself, maybe I still have it. Off of that one play, maybe I still have it. Aisha is my wake-up call, so she is one where uh, I went home and she's like, babe, you love playing these games, playing these different sports every so often, and you come home crying, knee is swollen. I have a picture. I haven't, I'm not going to show it today, but my foot is fat, swollen, I'm limping. Remember, it's the day before Thanksgiving, so I'm hobbling around on Thanksgiving, trying to make my way around dinner, and like, yes, how's it going? I'm just going to sit here and eat my meal because I am broken down. But it's that one moment that crosses our minds that makes us think that we still have it. Maybe I can go all in on this. I say all that because it's hard for us to let go of some things. And maybe your thing is in football, Maybe your thing isn't spin class. Maybe your thing isn't some of the things that I just mentioned. But we all have a problem letting go of certain things, especially when we're good at it, especially 
when we find ourselves talented at it, or there's something that is, I'm, I'm, uh, there's a niche here that I'm really good at, and I can really lean into that. Because the human nature, we actually find ourselves with that one moment of hope, we find ourselves going all in. We find ourselves going all in on something. But what we learn from Peter and the message that Jesus is showing us today is that God calls us to total surrenderance, not half surrenderance. He calls us to leave everything. See, the life in the Christian life is one where, we, if you don't get it twisted, we, we, we find ourselves on this road. We find ourselves knowing that we have to let go of the things of the past. And for some of us in this room, we've held on to resentment. We've held on to unforgiveness. We've held on to certain things. And I brought this up because I brought this bag up here. And this bag simplifies or represents some of the things that we may be holding on into our life. And maybe some of those things aren't sin, right? The Bible tells us to lay aside every weight and sin. So maybe it's not sin, but it can be weight in our lives. It can be something that's holding us back in our relationship with God. And so I brought this up here because for some of us, we, ha- we have our security in our finances, right? We have our security in our finances. We've done some good investments. For some of us, we, we have some-, some things here where maybe it's not our finances, maybe it's our health. We're-, we're clinging on to our health, especially in a day and age like this. And we find ourselves hugging health to a big, big, uh, uh, um, in a big way. Maybe it's something that's not even, you know, too heavy, but it's just something that's fun. We got some hobbies that we love and all those things. And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that certain hobbies that you have, you have to let go of. What I'm asking today is that what is the thing that you're clinging to that's taken precedent over your relationship with God? What's the thing that you're holding on to that maybe God is asking you to release because anything that hinders our relationship with him, he's asking us to let go of. When he's asking Peter to follow him in this moment, he's showing Peter, I want everything. And the Bible says that Peter dropped everything and followed Jesus. He didn't leave just a few things behind. You know, sometimes you like to pick and choose, right? I'm going to go ahead and let that go. And, you know, I'm a Christian now, so maybe I'll stop, you know, having gossip. You know, I'm going to stop gossiping now. I'll gossip too much. And maybe it's not something too big, but I'm going to just go ahead and lay aside a, a little bit of my, my finances because, you know, they, they add, you know, see, you know, they say ask for 10%, but I'm going to just give like 3%. And I'm going to go ahead and just let that go. And I'm going to let go of a few things. But, but then we have ourselves continuing to walk around. And then we hear messages like, here's a go series, and we're about to go into a go series, and we want to be a community that's on the go, and our relationship with God is still sort of like this. And it's like, Maurice, well, you look like a fool, and I think sometimes we all look like a fool before God. Because he's asking us to let go of something that's in our hands, and sometimes it's easier said than done. I want to be really mindful here because that person that wronged you, it's hard to let go of that. I know it happened years ago, but it, it's hard to let go of that. Maurice, you don't know what that family member did. You don't know what took place in my life. You don't know what happened, Maurice. And so I actually want to go ahead and hold on to this because there's some control that I have. There's a sense of control that we have when we hold on to certain things in our life. Look, this is my timeline, Maurice. I have goals and ambitions and dreams that I have. And if it doesn't happen by now, if it doesn't happen on my timeline, that's what I'm holding on to. That's where my validation comes from. 
Look, Maurice, my reputation, it, it matters. I can't go out the house just looking any sort of way. People may think a certain way of me if I show up a certain way and if I be real with them, if I'm kind of honest about some of the things that I'm broken in. I just got to carry this smile because, and maybe it's not that, Maurice, but maybe it's the grief that I'm holding on to and I lost some family members in 2020. And Maurice, you don't know the loss that I had to face. And so we find ourselves, no matter how much we have to adjust, because I can still get through life. Because I can still do things, and, and maybe, maybe if I were to like put these on, maybe I can't put them on like, like as quickly as I'm supposed to, but Maurice, I still can move around. It's hindering me just a little bit, but as long as I can move, as long as I'm functional, and we start to normalize dysfunction. I went to the uh, doctor the other day, and I am diagnosed with mild sleep apnea. Um, I didn't know anything about sleep apnea my entire life. Um, since 13, I just started having some things where it's like, Maurice gets a little sleepy throughout the day and has to take like a 15 minute nap. And so that was just like my MO. That was one of the things that I just did. And it's like, okay, yeah, I don't know. Since 13, I've just had these bad sleeping habits. And it wasn't until I actually got around other people and started talking about my sleeping habits that I started to realize maybe something's wrong. Like you get how many hours of sleep? Like you close your eyes and don't open them ever again until like hours later? Like that's just not my story. If I were to tell you my sleep pattern stuff tonight, you'd be like, oh my gosh, Maurice, you don't even have a kid yet and you're just on this uh, two hour increment where you're just up and walking around and that's just something I've just normalized. Like yeah, I just have that. And then the doctor's looking at me like, bro, you know there is side effects to this thing that you've normalized. You do know that there's consequences to the thing that you've just adjusted your life to because that's what we can do, right? We can just adjust our life to it and we can get kind of cool. Like this is sort of like something that we wear with us, this grief and the things that we have and we haven't let go of. We can just adjust our life to it and maybe it's not as hindering now and I just kind of wear it with me. But we see in this passage with Peter that there is consequences when we don't let go. When we fail to give God everything. And what I love about this passage is when we see Peter is that trust is something that we see him taking small steps towards more and more. Small steps of trust more and more. The Bible says that Jesus entered Peter's boat and he said, push out just a little bit from the shore. And then a few verses down, it says, now push out even further from the shore into the deeper. And you see this increment throughout the passage of that we're reading on today. And you start to see that if there's going to be any sort of movement in my relationship with God, there's going to have to be small steps of trust. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm talking today and and maybe I'm bringing this up and you're like, Marty's dropping all of that. Listen, when you trust God with a few things, when you trust him here and there, and you take a few more steps and you start to see that God is faithful over a few, that I was able to trust him with some of those old things. I was able to trust him with the problems that I'm, the addictions that I've been struggling with, Maurice, the lust that I've had. You know, I've had that for years. 
this selfish, selfishness that I have, this ego that I have. I don't even know where it comes from, Maurice. I've, I've, I've tried all these different things in these self-help books, and I've tried to be a better person, all these different things, but, but I don't know exactly what it looks like. It starts with small increments of trust. Because here's the deal. We can't experience all of who God is until we give him all of who we are. You will never get all of who God is until you give him all of who you are. God never asked for just a little bit of you. God never just asked for just half of you, a delayed version of you. He didn't just ask for some of the things in your life. When God came, he said, I gave you everything in my son, so I want everything in return. Bible tells us that when Jesus came, that we were bought with the price. I say that because uh, I have an auntie, and her name is Auntie Jackie. And I grew up with Auntie Jackie. I mean, that's one of the aunties where, listen, you, you, you got a family member that uh, you, you were born into some family. And you're just like, yep, that's, that's Auntie Jackie. And so there's some things that come with Auntie Jackie that you're just like, that, you know what? Listen, that is my auntie. I'll say something about Auntie Jackie. You better not say nothing about Auntie Jackie. I, I understand that she is... Woo! Listen, off the hinges, uh, drink too much, whatever. Whatever the case might be, right? There are some things that comes with Auntie Jackie, but you better not say nothing about Auntie Jackie. I can say some things about Auntie Jackie. And when Auntie Jackie, I remember growing up, we went to the store one time, and we were at this store, and when we went to the store, it was really, <laughs> it was one of the funniest things in my life. And my auntie, like, you, know, you ever had that person in your life where they don't just let things slide, Right, like that, that person that's like, nah, uh, like I'm gonna go ahead. You open something and you gotta take it back, and I'm like, ah, uh, well, it's already here now, so I might as well not take it back. No, 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 that's not Auntie Jack. She's like, we taking that back. Uh, the waiter brings something to the table, and it's like the smallest thing that's off. Uh, take this plate back and do this. I'm like, I could have just still ate it, Auntie. It's okay. One time we're at this store and we uh, went and bought some chips. I mean, just a basic day. It was some summertime in California. And we went and bought some chips. And my auntie bought a bag of chips. And it wasn't until she got out the store that she realized, you ever buy that bag of chips that's like just inflated full of air? She shook it. It's like two in there, right? She shook it. She's like, what? And she went in there. She probably said some unchristian things. But she went inside back to the store. She said, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. She slams the chips on the, on the, uh, on the uh, little receptionist's desk or whatever, and she says, uh-uh, 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 give me what I pay for. I pay for some chips. I better have some chips. <laughs> Why do I tell that story? Because I believe Jesus is calling all of us to give him what he paid for. He asked for all of us. He asked to let go of the grief let go of the past that you've been struggling with, to let go of some of the things that you feel like you're in control of, the finances, the security of your health, the things that you have going on. Let go of those kids that you know you keep trying to hold on to, and yet God is saying, give them to me because they're mine in the first place. And God is saying, give me what I asked for on the road to total surrenderance. God is asking us to let go of everything. And when we trust him with our entire lives, we receive from him his entire life. Amen. That's a good place to cap your hands. Why, why, why do I say this? Why do I say this? Because we can never receive what God is asking us to receive if our hands are full of things in our life that we want to hold on to, that we feel gives us the sort of satisfaction, the sort of pride where we can pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, I did that. 
That, that was my skills. That, that was me. I, I, I pulled myself up by my bootstrap. Why would I ever trust God with my entire business, my entire thing? Why would I do that? Listen, I got some things that I've worked on, Maurice. I got some things that I've done. I've got some things where you don't even know about. Maybe those things are some things where you keep hitting, or maybe some things are very public and people know you as that type of person or this sort of person. And God is saying, have you given me your personality? Have you given me that area of your life that you've been holding on to? Because the closer, the more that you cling to the thing in your life, it's the very thing that you think you have a hold on, but in many ways it has a hold on you. Because whatever you cannot say no to, you are therefore bound to. Did you hear what I said? I'm going to say it one more time. Whatever you cannot say no to, you are bound to. It's more bondage than you think it is because you won't let go of that forgiveness. And you won't let go of that bitterness. And you won't let go of that betrayal. And you won't let go of that pride. And you won't let go of these things because, listen, listen, you, listen I, I'm just, I, I'm okay. I can make it through life with this. I, I can do this. I, I'm okay. There's some areas where I can work on this, and I'll give God a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But the freedom that comes with letting go, this is if you don't catch anything else, this is what I want you to catch. There is a power that you have when you let go. There is a power that you bring back to yourself when you don't let the circumstance dictate who you are. There's a freedom in Christ that he is calling us all to live into. And so when we see Peter's message in this moment where Peter has to give up his livelihood, give God, and he dropped everything. Where the Bible says he dropped his nets. And maybe yours is a net. And I don't know what your net is. But for them, the nets that they had, listen, that was a thing that, was, that made them money. If there's no nets, there's no fish. If there's no fish, there's no finances. I can't provide with my, for my family. And sometimes on the road to total surrenderance, God will cause you to look like a fool. And you can't make sense of why you're trusting God in this area and why it sense like it feels like this is something that you should be moving towards and that you should be releasing because this is what God has asked me. And you'll look like a fool to other people. The Bible says that God asked, Jesus asked them to go fishing during the day. It's important to catch the context of his story because any fisherman during that time would never go fishing during the day. The Bible says that they were cleaning off their nets and they were doing, they were dead, just finished fishing throughout the night so that they could catch fish. And Jesus says, go ahead, push out a little further into the deep. Throw your nets out. We're going to go fishing again. Because on the road to total surrenderance, God will cause you to look like a fool to others. To see if your reputation is more important than your relationship with him. And so on that road to total surrenderance, he has them pushing out into the deep on a day. And God is asking them to fish during the day. God is calling some of us to fish during the day. To let go and trust him in that area. There's one more thing that I want to acknowledge here that we see in this text. And it says, Jesus does what he does. Peter, the Bible says, is awestruck. And his words to Jesus goes from saying master to Lord. 
I brought this up a few weeks ago, but we got to slow down and read the text to see any time in the book of Luke. Luke is the writer here, and he emphasizes this word, Lord, a few times throughout the book. I'm going to nerd out for you just for a little bit. And as he's emphasizing this word, Lord, throughout the book, it's only a few times that he mentions this. And he calls Jesus, uh, uh, Peter calls Jesus master, and then he calls him Lord. But in, Peter, in uh, Luke's writing, when Peter calls him Lord... There is a radical transformation. It's an indication of what's happening on the inside. If you didn't catch it when we were reading, the Bible started calling him Simon in the beginning of the passage. Simon, do this. Simon, can you push that a little further? Simon, do this. And it's a small distinction in the scripture writing where he goes from being called Simon, which means little pebble, to Peter, which means solid rock. It's an indication of the transformation that's taking place in Peter's life because when Peter realizes who is on his boat, he is filled and awestruck and he bows down before him and he says, I am such a sinful man. Here's what I want to simply say. On the road to total surrenderance, there will always be an acknowledgement of the sin in our lives. I bring that up because no, we're not a church that uh, puts sin on a pedestal. We see throughout the the narrative of Scripture and the gospel message that we want to be a church because we see in Scripture that we are more son, S-O-N, conscious than sin conscious. We're more Jesus Christ conscious than we are sin conscious, but that does not mean we do not run away from the the, the deep-seated disease of sin and that message that Jesus says, listen, I've come so that you don't have to do this on your own. I've come And when Jesus died on that cross, the Bible says that the power of sin and death was no more. On the road to total surrenderance, not only do we see a surrenderance of total everything, not only do we see that it's small increments of trust from one stage to the next stage to the next stage, but we also see on the road to total surrenderance that there's some acknowledgement of our sin in our lives that we have to face. Not in a condemning way. Not in a way where you should feel shame or guilt. Not in a way where probably you've seen in other places or uh, some weird preacher or televangelist or somebody abusing scripture. We see this in this moment to say, I cannot do this on my own and therefore, Lord, I bow down before you. What sin in your life is hindering you from your relationship with God? It's not just weight. It's not something that just holds us down. It's something that will eat us up inside. And isn't it interesting that no matter how dysfunctional it may be, we'll hold on to sin. And sin only continues to grow into an area of addiction, and now it's a struggle, and now it's something that it's harder to let go of. But we got to acknowledge that because here's the power. It's not a moment of condemnation. When we acknowledge the sin in our life, we begin to realize not only do we get a chance to let that go, but we don't let go on our own. We let go by the power and the strength of Jesus. It's not going to happen by your self-will. It's not going to happen by the good things that you do. It's not going to happen by uh, some some book that you've read. It's not going to happen by these sorts of things and trying to do it all in your self-will and your self-might. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit 
of God that we can let go. The message, and I want to end up laying the plane here, is that you don't let go on your own. As the band makes their way to the stage, I want to encourage you on today that you don't let go on your own. And maybe you've been trying that. Maybe you've been trying some of the things and you've been trying to force something to take place and I don't see it happening and I don't see the change in my life and I don't know what it looks like. Listen, there's going to be some things that you have to struggle with and that you have to face, but it is by God's power and his spirit that I don't find myself in the same situations that I once was, that we don't find ourselves struggling with those same things that we can let go day by day of the sin or the weight that holds us down. And I bring this up because no one really told me when I first started following Jesus what that would look like. They just talked about this message like it'll be a normal message just like I just preached and it kind of ended there. And today I actually want to end it a little bit differently because no one told me that the very thing that I let go, I would find myself picking up again and again and again. And because I thought from hearing the preacher that once I let go, it was going to be this miraculous thing, and I let go of everything, and I've surrendered everything, and it worked for about three days, and then I found myself picking it back up again. And I felt shame, and I felt like I couldn't do this anymore, and I felt like, man, maybe I should just give up because I've tried Maurice's way time and time again, and I just don't see it happening. What the preacher was talking about, it sounded good, but I've applied that, and I keep finding myself returning back to that same thing. Maurice, you don't know. It's hard. It's hard to let go of that. You don't know what that person did. You don't know how much I've struggled with this thing. You don't know how much I thought that this was okay. But now I find myself struggling more and more. You don't know I've tried it and I've let go. And it's, it's been something I've let go for about a year now. And it's sort of like this weight loss, Maurice, where I've done it and then it comes back again in my life. My message for some of you on today is that not only has Jesus come so that we can let go of the things in our life and have total surrenderance and cling to him more than any other thing in our life, but the Bible says that he who has begun a good work in us will complete it to the very day of Jesus Christ. What am I saying? He started this work, and he who started is going to finish it. Jesus never starts to stop. He always starts to finish. And maybe your road to big church word here, sanctification, which simply means progress in faith. You're going to be circled back, and you're going to find yourself facing that same temptation facing that same thing because that person came back in your life or they did something again in your life. And you're going to be faced with it again. And you'll be faced with it again. And you're going to feel shameful because you decided to pick it back up again. Jesus did not come for shame or guilt or condemnation. He has come to set us free. This is the power that Jesus shows us and that we all have the ability to live into. So for some of us on today, we're letting go. For some of us on today, we're letting go again. And that's okay. 
more and more you keep pushing out into the deep to trust Jesus of where he's calling you, it's not so much in the thing that you're letting go, but in the person that you're moving towards, the thing that you are going towards, and that is Jesus. There was a song that we came across and we want to sing in this moment, and it's a response moment. And I never want to take, I never want you to take these response moments for granted. These response moments that we have right after the message is moments where we reflect and stop and pause and let lyrics be sung over us and allow the power of singing to God be the very thing that we hold on to day by day. This song that we're about to sing is called Make Room. It's really interesting because we, as I moved into our, me and Aisha moved into our home, and there was this really interesting thing that there's these keys to every single room in the house. There's a key to every single room in the house. And it was just one of those things that was odd to me. I was like, oh, wow, like you can have these certain keys. And, and as I begin to think about this message, I begin to think about our hearts. And if our hearts were a home and every single room had a key to it, How long are we going to keep giving God one key to serve one room and another key to a certain another room? And God, I'll give you this key to this room, and, but I'm going to hold on to these things. When God is asking for the key to the entire house, our hearts are a home. And God is saying, I want the key to the entire house house, not just to certain rooms. I want you to make room for me because when we cling to Jesus, when we decide to let go and center him every single day, we begin to see the transformative power working in our lives. For some of us, that's our response moment. For the first time today, for some of you, you might be letting go for the very first time. Saying, I'm going to try this Jesus thing out. For some of you, you're going to be letting go again and trusting God again. And all of these things, all of these things, I just laid out all these different balls, all these different things that represent the things that we're trying to let go of. All of these things, God is saying, they never had power over you. They never have the power to control where you are. Would you make room for Jesus on today to be Lord of your life, not just master, but Lord? And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would you pray with me? God, there's some of us in this room right now and the very thing that we're holding, we don't want it anymore. The very thing that we've been clinging to, it's not like we're in love with it, but Lord, we find our grip getting tighter and tighter. It's not like I want to be a person that's bound by this struggle or defined by this problem or having to feel this unforgiveness which is eating me up day by day. I don't want this. 
And God, some of us are holding on and clinging to those things in our life right now, and we don't even want them. And we're asking you by the power of your spirit. Listen, we've tried every other thing. We have tried different vices. We have tried different people. We have tried different solutions. But Lord, we are asking today, would you nudge us? Would you show us? Would you transform our hearts just as you did Peter on that boat? When he went from Simon to Peter, there was something taking place on the inside of him. So Lord, help us identify that one thing. What are we letting go of this week? Show us as we're driving down the street. Show us as we're having moments of just quiet time and we turn off the radio and we stop listening to the podcast. Show us. Show us the thing that we need to let go of and that one step that we take towards you. We're going to trust you with it. And by God's grace, May we look back and find a trail of things we have let go, knowing that our fullness is only found in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.